think about it. Atlantic City History Podcast for the Patreon. All we do is just read directly from AtlanticCityExperience.org. Yeah. And whatever that uh, natural disasters dot whatever was. <laughs> Indeed. Howdy, it's Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, and this is episode 195 of Two for a Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Eskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? We're back. We have updates. Indeed. There's not a lot of news. Oh, but we, we've got news. Do we? Resort fees, man. That is news. I mean, the marketing department's been very clear for years that we need to keep that up to date, and we haven't, but now we can we can say we've updated it. I think this is a truly momentous occasion in Do For A Win history that we've updated the resort fees for yeah, the first like time. Yeah, it's like the fourth time it's ever been updated. And I think with that in mind, given that the marketing department has been so adamant about it, we uh, have to save it for the very end of the show. I think we have to. Make sure you listen to everything else. Listen to all the sponsor content. Mm -hmm. Our ads and plug our Patreon. The marketing department says we don't do that enough. Yeah, we, we've already just been discussing the new Patreon podcast. <laughs> we have ads to talk about, like getting your free Audible yeah. audiobooks. If you want to listen to the dumpster fire that is our raw audio, you know, just pay us $50 an yeah. episode. We can send that to you. We get some Allbirds sneakers. What else advertises on all the podcasts? Manscapes. Manscaping. Manscaping's yeah. the big one. They, I mean, they did offer to advertise and do for a win. The Athletic. I feel like they advertise a lot. Anyways, history time, which should be the separate podcast. I don't know why huh? we're wasting it on all these freeloaders <laughs> who aren't even paying to listen to That's it. That's true. The, the history and data should be its own podcast. That <laughs> <laughs> would be very popular. You have to be like $5 a month to get the history. Uh -huh. You have to be like $1,000 a month to, to get, get the, data. the data. Yeah. That's probably coming out soon, right? This week, I'm sure. Yeah, like tomorrow. It may have come out today. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> we'll, we'll drop it for our Patreons. You'll get early yeah. early access to it. Early data. Just yeah. us like free associating about the data the second it comes out. I mean, that's what we do anyway, just usually not the second it comes out. That's true. All right, in 1895. So we've previously talked about the press of Atlantic City being founded. Episode 95 was the very first episode that we talked about the 1800s. Did you listen back to it? I thought I'm the one that came up with the first 1800s thing, but I don't fully remember. I don't know if you're the one who found it. It mm. was my brother who suggested looking at the 1800s. Ah, did he? Okay, okay. Yeah. That was in the show notes. Give all the credit to a friend of the podcast, Paul. Yep. So the boardwalk was designated as an official street in Atlantic City in 1895. You are claiming that that's why you should always capitalize Boardwalk. Would you like to expand on that? I'm not claiming that. The AtlanticCityExperience.org is claiming that. Hmm. Because since it's a street name... It gotta be capitalized? That is the official AP style, which we abide hmm. by at all times. Actually, we don't at Indeed. all. I shamefully used the Oxford comma in our uh, show notes, and the AP style is unequivocal. No Oxford comma. Really? I'm a huge supporter of no Oxford comma, but I've been beaten to death by people about it. So I've just started using it so people will stop complaining. But isn't it just better when you use it? No. It's, there's it's no reason to use more it. clear. I don't know. I've always used it my whole life. There is no situation where leaving it out makes something unclear that you can't just write the sentence better 
and yeah. have it be perfectly clear. <laughs> I don't know. Are you one of those people that puts two spaces after a period? No, God, no. That's horrible. That's also <laughs> okay. entirely. Not- so at least, at least we can agree on something. You have to keep in mind everything about the AP style is based on the printing press, and you cannot use those valuable spaces in your printing press. The little spaces, the commas, all that extra stuff can't do it. No. You got to get those things out of the cabinet, <laughs> the top drawer. It's why things are called uppercase and lowercase. These are the things that you learn when you have a print journalism degree. Ah, that's what the people needed to know. They send you to Williamsburg to go look at a an old printing press. Anyways, All right. yep, 1995. 1995. We've previously talked about the Trump Plaza East Tower opening. So on July 29th, 1995, Monica Seles returned to tennis for the first time since she was stabbed on the court in Hamburg, Germany in April 1993. This was a three-set exhibition versus Martina Navratilova at Atlantic City Convention Center, which is what we call Boardwalk Hall now. And Monica Seles won. So I don't remember any Atlantic City connection, but I remember obviously like the stabbing of I remember Monica the stabbing Seles being like yeah. a huge, huge deal. Yeah. I think I mean I was nine. And yeah, obviously that was like a gigantic thing. And when you're a kid, the idea of it is I feel like even less shocking than as an adult, because you sort of have so little knowledge of the world. That it's like, right. Oh, you don't know what's normal and what's, right. you know, it's like, oh, I guess people can get stabbed when they're playing tennis. And it's like, yeah. no, no, this never happens. <laughs> uh, so yeah, quite, quite crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Did anything else happen in 1995? I found a New York Times piece, an article. I don't know, a listicle, whatever you want to call it. Basically, Nothing, even back then, people knew it was popular. November 5th, 1995. The Times published an article with a list of the upcoming events in Atlantic City, which I can't believe was even in the New York Times. I think it says a lot about how popular Atlantic City right. was in the mid-90s. I mean, by far the most popular gambling destination in the country then. So, Yeah, in terms of gambling revenue. Probably not by f- far. Maybe Vegas was catching up a little bit then. But yeah, it's, I think it was still probably number one. So some of the events you may like to know about. Don Rickles was at Caesars. Donna Summer played at Trump Plaza. Bill Cosby and Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons on separate dates played at some place called the Grand Boston at Pacific Avenue, which I looked for, couldn't find anything about it, partly because there's a music venue called the Grand in Boston now. And so all the search results come to that. But it just seemed insane. Like there's nothing about it on AtlanticCityExperience.org. I cannot find anything about this venue. Well, reach out to us if you've been there. So Yeah, whatever this is, 28 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Two ice capade sort of things that I thought was funny. Cabaret on ice at Trump's Castle and Nutcracker on ice at Harrah's. The so, marina was doing ice rinks big, I guess. Yeah, you know, just ice shows on the ice shows. Something at Wild Wild... At, no, not at Wild Wild West. At Merv Griffin's Resorts called Wahoo Baby with an exclamation point. A Wild West review with 18 singers and dancers. If they only had 17 singers and dancers, I would not have gone. <laughs> but that 18. And then the Etis Arena, which is still at the Hard Rock at the time, at the Taj, had Josephine Roberto and the Filipino show, as well as Choi Min Soo and the Korean show. Oh, boy. And I just don't even know <laughs> what to make of that. Presumably, you know, they were probably popular among the intended demographics, but now it sounds a little bit old-fashioned, I guess, to my ear. Yeah, I mean, just very interesting stuff. I want to know more about it, so I'll have to do some more research on those. 
but I felt like we couldn't talk about the tennis and do a deep dive about Choi Bitsu and the Korean show. So. I know. We'll have to look on YouTube, see if we can see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're going to uh, AC in a month, right? Yeah, man, definitely. 100%. Actually, I sent you last night mm-hmm. a frustrated <laughs> message saying that we were going to cancel yet again because apparently my brother-in-law had texted my wife saying that her parents are going to visit them up in Massachusetts that weekend. And we were like, what? <laughs> they were going to watch our kids. But that is not true. They were watching them the weekend before. So we're still on. Oh, still on. Still on. And the positive of this is now there's much more awareness among the in-laws that like, yes, this is happening. It's on the calendar. It's definitely happening. It should be good. I mean, certainly things have canceled at the last minute before. But I feel like a lot of times it's just like barely penciled in with my in-laws and then like something comes up and it's like, yeah, we can't actually do that weekend. But now it should be. Well, so, until next episode when I tell you. Uh, why allow me to make this opportunity to confront you nevertheless. So okay, let's do it. this means you will not be going to Atlantic City on March the 3rd with me, correct? No, it would have been, that would have been very hard. I would have had to go after work anyway. Okay. Or do like a Saturday day trip, but I don't think you can stay that late Saturday. Yeah, I, I would have to leave probably by two. So, so I, like, I'd get there at noon. And then you'd... Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I could probably get there earlier than noon if I needed to. I mean, if it's a Saturday day trip, I could drive, which mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Tisk tisk tisk. I want to to get this spoken on the record to to make you hear how preposterous this sounds. <laughs> so, like, realistically, do you think that you can do a trip to Atlantic City with me before the month of June? No. Maybe May. Yeah, I mean, that's but like, that's going to be like a month after, after we get Vegas. back from Vegas. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably not going to happen. So, so no is the answer. It's going to be June is literally the first day of all the days on the calendar that you can go to AC with me. Yeah, but I'm getting my right. AC fix because I am going in March. So nope, nope. That's I just wanted that on the record. I've, we can move on now. I'm content. <laughs> it's like when you're interrogating a witness yeah. and you get what you want. Said. Okay, that's like, exactly. No, no, no. We don't. We don't have to. We don't have to yeah. drag this out anymore. That's that's all I wanted to, to hear you say. I mean, as I've said before, I think on the show. Matt Bridger is going to Atlantic City, I think, the second weekend in June. I have it on my calendar. I have it marked down on my calendar because I really want to try to go. June 9th, he's supposedly getting there. He's in Vegas mm. right now, by the way. So I, sh- I don't know why I'm even recording this podcast. I should be watching <laughs> Matt Bridger videos. Oh, does he post like live updates or? He posts every day. Mm-hmm. Only when he's on a trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Going from... Matt Bridger videos is the perfect segue into Las Vegas talk. Las Vegas. So we both had flights booked on everyone's favorite airline spirit. And now neither of us have a full round trip anymore. So what happened with that? (laughs) Yeah. So I think I was the one that was affected first. So spirits made a bunch of flight changes. My old itinerary was I was going to be leaving Baltimore at about six o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday and leaving Las Vegas at 1045 on the Sunday. And I got a notice that my 6 a.m. flight was changed to 645 p.m. on Wednesday. So it's going to be getting in quite late. That's over a 12 hour change. And then I was going to be departing Vegas at 6 a.m. on Sunday, which is about a six hour, five hour change. So. I was not happy with any of this. I completely canceled my entire itinerary. Took like 
two seconds via text message, which was actually pretty nice. Oh, that's nice. And then I've rebooked a new Spirit flight that's going to be leaving at like 7.30 on Wednesday. So I'll be still be getting in at 9.30 or something like that. That sounds better anyway. That is better. That's honestly, that's an improvement. But I have the two flights that they have going back to Baltimore are at 6 a.m., which I do not want to wake up that early, and at midnight, so it's a red eye, basically, and I also don't want to do that. So I'm trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to be getting back, but I have a flight to Vegas once again. Yeah, my hot take when I saw your your schedule change was that somehow the one leaving Vegas getting moved from 10.45 to 6 was a worse change much worse than the one go than getting to vegas at like 8 30 or whatever it wouldn't have been perfect I, I wanted to get in in the morning i didn't really want to get in at 8 30 but it would have been okay but i do not want to leave at 6 a.m sunday no, totally. i'd probably have to rethink my rooms i mean i've booked crockford's using like fhr or whatever so i get free breakfast which obviously you can't do when you're leaving the hotel at 4 30 <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's right yeah so you have a flight out but not a flight back Correct. I have a flight to Las Vegas, so as far as I know, it's it's just one way, and I'll be living in Vegas after after this. So, so I saw your email and was thinking, like, oh, I just really hope that this does not happen to me. And you know, we're going at the same time, so as days went by, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably safe, right? No, I got an email yesterday evening saying urgent, which apparently they had actually emailed me on Saturday or Sunday, and I just didn't see it. So. My flight was arriving in Vegas at 5.36 p.m., leaving Newark at 3 p.m., and it was a nonstop. My return flight was leaving at noon. The changes were the return flight now leaves at 1.19. Like, fine. That's a totally fine change. But the departing flight is now has a layover in Florida and gets to Vegas at 1.18 in the morning. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> On Thursday. So it's like, I don't even understand how you can claim that the flight was moved. There is a 10 p.m. flight that gets to Vegas earlier than that. It is the only Spirit nonstop flight from Newark to Vegas that day is a 10 p.m. flight. So originally, you know, they had multiple flights listed, multiple nonstop flights listed, and they wiped all of them off the schedule except for that 10 p.m. So I canceled the flight out. I kept the flight back. I was about to book... An American Airlines flight with a layover at O'Hare, which I okay. did not want to do. It. Oh, I thought you said you did book that as far as I did last not. Time I, I was about okay. to, and it would have put me on the same second leg of that flight as our friend Andy, the same connecting flight. Mm-hmm. And then I got a Google alert that was like, this has gone up by 50 bucks. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a day or two and see if yeah. it pops back down. But yeah, that was annoying. As far as I could tell... For me, at least, the flights, every flight on Wednesday is like dirt, dirt cheap, and every flight on Sunday is insane expensive, so I think you're in better shape than me. Well, so the annoying thing about the flights on Wednesday is there's only three, as far as I can tell, that leave in the middle of the day and Mm -hmm. get there early-ish. And then everything else leaves and gets there late at night, or it leaves super early in the morning, like six right. in the morning or which seven. Which is what morning, I'm doing. Which I, you know, I need to drop off the kids. So oh, you, ha- yeah, you have to drop off the kids. Yeah. The flights that leave in the middle of the day are all three hundred dollars plus. So you have already mentioned your hotel situation. You have Aria, or no, you have Vidara. Sorry, I have Vidara booked. I have a corner suite, which it seems like people weren't excited about, even though I booked that room specifically for other people. <laughs> so, but that's fine. I mean, we do have three rooms at Aria Vidara now. Okay, which is good. I'm excited. I've never stayed at that property or that property group, so... It should be good. 
It should be good. I love the casino, too, so... Was your comment about rethinking your reservations specifically because of the flight changes, or...? So, it depends. If I have to leave at 6 a.m., I would stay somewhere much cheaper than Crockford's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I haven't booked anything for Friday or Saturday, although Andy made the point that I may not even need to. Like, he has a two-queen room. Right. So, we'll see what happens with that. I also have a sofa bed on Friday night, and then I'm going to have a two-queen room on Saturday. With free breakfast for two people, so... Oh, nice. Yeah. The other thing is, if truly people don't care, like, I would rather just get a normal room and save a bunch of money. At Aria Vidara, or...? Yeah, at Aria Vidara. Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It was, like, $600 for those three days, but, like, I think it would have been, like, $200 if I got a normal Aria Vidara room. My rates on and for that Friday have gone way up, so I don't know. You should check that and see. Yeah. But, anyways, back to Atlantic City. We think... The Caesars five times comps thing that we've mentioned previously, last episode. You earn comps five times faster than you ever did before. Go back and listen to the last episode if you have no idea what we're talking about. Seems Atlantic City specific, which is what we hinted at. That is certainly the assumption that other people in the Facebook groups are going on. But we got a couple of tweets from a friend of the podcast, Jim, aka Chauncey Street on Twitter, where he went and tested this out. So Can you explain what he found? Because I feel like I don't understand it as well as he. (laughs) All right. So there's two things that that he was talking about. One, I think we talked about last episode a bit that it says that Caesars, all Caesars comps are five times faster than they were before. So uh, Jim did some science and figured out that they're actually (laughs) 5.05 times faster than they were. As an example, Jim played $50,000 coin in uh, at Harrah's and got 25,250 reward credits. So just to give you an idea, in the old days, 50,000 coin in would have been 5,000 reward credits. Five times that would have been 25,000 reward credits. So he basically got an extra 250 reward credits above what it would have been if it was just five times faster. So that's one thing. Uh, And then he also found that they took all the stickers off that said, like, you basically don't earn rewards on their 9.6 machines. They're gone now. So That's a nice upgrade. Those are still 25 to 1 instead of 10 to 1 in terms of tier credits. But you actually get better reward credits now than you did back when I played it. When I did Diamond in a Day, it was $50,000 coin in, just like Jim said. I got 5,000 tier credits, which is diamond in a day and i got five thousand reward credits and now if you do fifty thousand coin in you will get on a nine six machine you'll get oh no math two thousand tier credits but you'll get just over ten thousand reward credits yes okay i'll trust your math on that i was saying i replied to jim and said that i actually think it's better now than it was when i did it as long as you're not trying to do diamond in a day or tier credits aren't worth uh, some abnormally high amount for you which for most people they're not yeah i I mean i'm never gonna earn any status but like i would much rather have the comp dollars Mm -hmm. than the tier credits and one of my big complaints about caesars as a whole is like the comp situation is not great especially you know if you're playing nine six full pay jacks are better like some of those machines said fifty dollars coin in per tier credit so i don't know if that's changed but it would be nice especially with the rewards credits even fifty dollars per tier credit like i don't really care but it would be nice to get some rewards credits for it 
Does this make Caesars as a whole more enticing to you as a place to play? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't think it would change my play, but I appreciate it. Comps have gone from probably the least generous in Atlantic City to, like, actually quite generous. Yeah. And it, well, in terms of reward credits. It'll be interesting to hear what people are seeing on table games, too. Because, I, I mean, I didn't, as we know, never play any table games. But mm-hmm. if they're also significantly higher on table games, which they should be, right? <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> like that would make a big difference, too. So, Any other thoughts on Caesars comps? No, it's good. It's a good change. Thank you to Jim for providing some data. Indeed. 5.05 times. That's right. Now we know. So when they say more than five times faster, mm-hmm. they mean it. The Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, I think we had dates before, but if we did not mention them on the podcast, it will be Saturday, June 3rd from 2 to 6 p.m. and Sunday, June 4th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Bader Field. They've announced the headliners. So the Saturday session... The headlining band is Dropkick Murphys, for all the Boston people. And Sunday, the headliner is 311. Tickets are $70. Or there is a Jitney package that gets you 13 tickets to the show, a designated pickup and drop-off location within 50 miles of Baderfield, and it is $1,325, so just over $100 per person. Philadelphia is not quite 50 miles away, right? Probably not. You think it's over 50 or just under? I think Philly's probably just over. Yeah, I think it's just over. Camden's probably good, at least parts of it, and Philly probably not so much. Yeah, I mean, but if you're out in the suburbs, you know, mm-hmm. you're Millville, Vineland. Oh, yeah. Shamong, if you're going to the, the Piccolo. Yeah, this this would be a good option for you. Hmm? You and I, obviously, if we were going, would be staying in Atlantic City proper, so. Hey, man, let me tell you, there's a Mount Laurel... uh Hyatt or whatever for 5,000 points. Oh, so nice. If we don't know if that's the case <laughs> or not. We can always get this Jitney package. Yeah. So the music acts, they're, they're going to announce a bunch of supporting acts. I think historically it's mostly like cover bands and stuff is the supporting acts. At least it was like years ago. I think the music has gotten much higher caliber as it's gone on. The thing I want to know is how much did you love the band 311 in seventh grade? Give me, give me a song. Oh my goodness. I can't even remember. I, I can hear it in my head. I have no recollection of 311, so... Uh, you know I'm, like, the worst person to ask this to. So I'm sorry to you and to all of our listeners, but... Even in seventh grade, even, like, I'm little... positive that when you play one of the songs, when I'm listening back to the podcast, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Down was their big song. Don't know. You'll have to sing it for us and all the listeners, No, it's right? not gonna happen. No. Oh, we just won't get my input then. Chill, came out in 1996, so it was probably 8th grade, I guess. 7th or 8th. I remember everybody being super into it. And they hung around for a while. They were around for a very long time, and now they're playing. At the AC Beer Music Festival. I mean, as we say, every year when we talk about it, it was a great time when we went. That's true. Dropkick Murphys, any thoughts on them? I think they're fine. I mean, I've heard like two of their songs, but they're totally fine. I feel obligated not to like them because of the Boston Sports Connection. Hmm. Where they're just played at like every That's true. Boston sporting event. Shipping up to Boston. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's the Atlantic City Beer Fest. We hinted at it earlier in the show. We have resort fees to talk about. We do. What do you want to say about the resort fees? Other than to give me my kudos for actually doing it. You did it. Yeah. No, you did it. 
was <laughs> nice work. I mean, I did do two of the nine, sort you of. Did. But no, you did. You did the lion's share of the work, as always. Yeah, I think it's good to keep this up to date. I mean, as you know, it is by leaps and bounds our most popular page. Even though it had not been updated since December of 2020. I know. It's also just good information to give out there to give to people so they know what they're what they're paying for or what they're going to be paying. That's true. What are your thoughts on these fees? Did anything jump out at you? They're pretty similar. They're high. I mean, they're a lot less high than Las Vegas, but yeah. they're they're high. I mean, the lowest one is $30, basically. They're all between $30 and $40. So Excuse me, sir. $29.99 and $39.35. Yeah. So... The cheapest one is Borgata, which it I feel like it's all has always been the cheapest. Always. I think there was a brief time when Golden Nugget was the cheapest. Maybe. But yeah, Borgata has typically been the cheapest, which is crazy. It's still For a is. while it was like when Caesars went up to forty dollars, Borgata was still at fifteen or something like that. Yeah. Crazy. But they've they've caught up a little bit, but they're still the cheapest by one penny. Which is funny though, because in, in Vegas MGM historically has had the highest resort fees, so it's weird that MGM owning Borgata has not is that true now? Bumped because I feel like, well, I'm not paying resort fees for Fedora because I'm gold, but I feel like the resort fees at Resorts World the night I'm staying were particularly egregious. Like, yeah, I think they might 55 be. or something like that. Yeah, Ty. Which I felt like was, was aggressive. 52. I don't know, something, it was something high. So back to Atlantic City. Uh-huh. The highest resort fees are a three-way tie. And as soon as I say that, you should know exactly what they are. Caesars, Harris, Tropicana... The resort fee is twenty seven ninety nine, but that does not include tax. Like most of the casinos include mm. the tax in the resort fee, and then you have to tack on the what seven dollars in and fifty four cents in state and city stuff that gets added on to everything. Yep. And so Caesar's twenty seven ninety nine fee is actually thirty nine thirty five after everything tax and all the other fees are tacked on. So that is the highest. It's interesting because they are advertised like twenty seven ninety nine, right? And then Hard Rock is twenty six thirteen, which is only a dollar and sixty six cents cheaper. But then the total fee, since they include tax in that twenty six thirteen, is actually six dollars almost cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the weird thing that Hard Rock does is when you book it, it says the fee is twenty six thirteen. It says a total that adds the twenty six thirteen, but then when you go to check out. There's an extra $7.54. And on the checkout page, it's not there. But when you are booking the room, when you're looking at the room selection, there's a little green bar at the top of the screen that says reservation total does not include a $7.54 additional occupancy fees per night. This will be collected upon arrival. It's bad. I, yeah, I don't like it at all. No. I hate that. I mean, as people who watch the State of the Union, which I absolutely would never do, but <laughs> among people who have, I know that that was something that came up. And I have to say, you know, people get upset about things like, let's say, resort fees and like, let's say, like a la carte, like airline mm-hmm. ordering, you know, like Flying Spirit or whatever, and say they're predatory. I think there's a huge difference between resort fees, which you have no option in like this is just a fee that's gets stacked onto everything that is bullshit basically and you know we've beat this drum since very early on but it's a situation where if if one company starts charging a resort fee it's going to make their prices look so much lower and all of the 
the online travel agencies, and everyone else is basically forced to follow along, and as resort fees go up, everyone is forced to make the resort fees go up. So I think it is really bad, and it's something that I think should be legislated basically out of existence in a way that I actually think a la carte airline ordering is good for people. It lets people truly pay for things that are important to them, and it's very different when it's something that you have to do versus something you have a choice over, I guess. Right, so everybody shits on spirit, and... There was a time when you could decline resort fees, right? Do you remember that brief period of time that you're like, no, I'm not going to use the whatever, the pool and the... business center and whatever and then they'd be like okay you know you don't have to pay the resort fee then yeah no can't do that anymore that's long long since gone yeah i mean so spirit you know who i'm obviously not very happy with right now but Uh when i booked my flight it was the cheapest flight by hundreds of dollars for those those times at at pretty good times seemingly oh but you're gonna have to pay all these fees okay so i paid to pick my seat i paid to get a carry-on it was still cheaper, but it was basically like, you know, build your own package and make this right. flight whatever you want it to be. And it worked out Which perfectly. Which is exactly like, what Spirit is. Yeah, as long as the flight is significantly cheaper enough to make it so that the fees aren't then catching up with everything, then it's fine. And then, of course, you know, they change your flight. Like, <laughs> the changing your flight two months out and then also, like... That's that's normal for airlines. I mean, believe me, I've had that yeah, happen no. on many, many airlines many times. Just recently, our friend Andy sent me an article saying that, like, basically 30% of United's flights, only 30% of United's flights, do they even expect them to leave on that time? And everything else is just these, like, placeholder times that you book them, you know, three months in advance, and then they're like, ah, just kidding, that was never going to be a flight, here's what the actual flight is. I've taken advantage of this. There was a time when I wanted to do a seven-night trip in Miami with my family, and basically... The flight home was absolutely obscene on that seventh night or whatever, or all the flights. And this was quite a while out. So I booked a flight the day after I wanted us to come home uh, on AA, who also just changes everything just all the time. And then I waited for them to inevitably change that flight, which makes changes from that free. And I changed to the flight that was, you know, like $400 more expensive for the four (laughs) people, which really adds up that I wanted to be on in the first place. I feel like it's annoying that you can't cancel. I mean, yeah, they give you like, oh, we changed your flight, but you can cancel. But like, I have to know what my itinerary is three months in advance. But like, you don't even have to know if this freaking flight is actually leaving at this time until yeah. a month and a half in advance. Like, I find it very annoying. I don't get that upset about it. I mean, I'm I'm flying to Europe as well, and they just changed a bunch of our flights also. I know that like flights are different than hotels, but mm. like hotels, you can cancel within like 48 hours before the hotel, you can cancel. Car rental is even like even more loosey-goosey, like right. where if you, you just can... don't show up, you yeah. <laughs> still don't have to pay most of the time. I don't think it needs to be that flexible, but this thing where you're like locked in to your flight after 24 hours, unless they make a change, like I feel like that's ridiculous and... You know, if they're going to be all like screwing with the timeline, like you should have more freedom to be like, oh, actually, I don't want this. Like, I, let me change that now. But I don't know if it's truly that way. Like Spirit, you can't get a refund, but I think you can change your flight for free up to two months out or whatever, even if they don't have funny business. And I think a lot of other... Don't defend the airlines. Eh. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not that worked up about it. I understand why they need to do it. I understand that they need to try to make their routes as profitable as possible. Giving them the power to do this lets them, you know, price these spirit flights where we're actually paying like literally $20 to spirit or whatever and $50 in taxes that, you know, it's fine. The annoying thing is when you go from like, oh, yeah, we have three flights out to Vegas all nonstop on this on this Wednesday in April. Just kidding. We have one nonstop. It's at 10 p.m. 
go fly a different airline. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, that's it, insane. It's not, it's not perfect. Uh, anyways, we're not talking about resort fees anywhere. I mean, I am the person who, last time I went to Europe, United literally canceled my tickets, like, four days before I was flying, and I sat on hold with them for six hours, and they did stone cold nothing about it, so. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm annoyed that I don't have a flight, in case that's not coming through. Yeah. I'm not annoyed. I'm, like... As you know, I think I was way more laissez-faire than everyone to begin with on flights, so. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing for me is, like, I don't have a lot of flexibility in when I can leave. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I ha- I had a time that I thought worked, and it was cheap, and now it's like, oh, now these flights are way more expensive, like the ones I can actually take, where mm-hmm. I've got to, like, figure out some other parental help or something and yep. leave way earlier, in which case, I don't know. Anyways, that's enough talk about that. All right. If you want to reach out to us or any of our lis- other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for Send questions to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig questions to do for a win at gmail.com and we may even answer them on air. I have to give a shout out to Keith S., who is the person whose email has been unread, marked as unread since March of 2022 saying that Ocean's resort fee had changed. He then emailed again two weeks later, saying that Hard Rock's resort fee had changed. And then he sort of pinged us along the way, saying like, hey, in case you ever need anything, like I can send you what I found on other casinos. Never aggressive, never upset, always super polite. He was even like, it's fine if these are out of date, but if you want to update them, like I can help out. Uh, so they finally been updated, and, and I can check that one off. Nice. We still have one unread in the email. That oh I really? Answer, but it's unrelated. Get to it, man. Doesn't have anything to do with the podcast. So glad to check that off the list. Thanks to Keith for following up. Yeah, thank you, Keith. I'm glad that this has been done too. Like I said, I think it's not only like I said our most popular site on the page, which it's not that big a deal because it's not that popular in the grand scheme of things, but it is good information. I think that it is helpful for people to have. So, all right, two weeks back at it again. Two more weeks, and then we'll be back at it. And, you know, your Atlantic City trip's going to be in some different state, and your Vegas trip is going to be in some different state, and, yeah, we'll figure it out then. I've just have given up on Vegas. Atlantic City will have been canceled. I'll be planning some trip to, you know, Resorts World in Queens. Yeah, that you won't go to, as, yeah. as always. Yep. Amazing. I've heard really not good things. Although I watched a recent video tour of Resorts World in New York, and apparently they've done a lot of updates and it looks pretty nice. I hear it's supposed to be nice. And I know that the Hyatt that's on that property, which is the airport Hyatt, is also supposed to be quite nice. It's video lottery terminal. So it's not real video poker mm-hmm. for one thing. And there, the food options, there are just basically no food options. Like literally it's a Popeye's and a noodle shop. But, and I, I what more do you need? I think it, there might be one other thing. A burger place. There's literally burger place. the two perfect food options, I think. I mean... Popeye's is so good, Craig. Popeye's is good, but there's Popeye's right around the corner from my work, so why do I need to go to Resorts World in Queens to get Popeye's? Uh, I don't. There's no Popeye's at all near my work, and the Popeye's in Laurel I can never go to because that shit is always just insanely crowded. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The one by my work, too, at lunchtime. Like, what do you know? College kids absolutely love Mm. Popeye's. (laughs) And Laurel patrons, apparently. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll get back to you in a couple weeks.
exploded. <laughs> yeah, my shit just fell. No, it didn't. 